You're listening to the USCA official podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of eventing, covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests, and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and this show listeners is all about the USCA classic series long format eventing at its best Uh, and we're going to find out a little bit more about it and talk to one of the winners of one of the most recent events. I am delighted to welcome to the show a lady who has so much experience in the sport and is unbelievably passionate about passing that experience on to others. It is none other than Dorothy Crowell. Dorothy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Nicole. This is very exciting. Oh, it is lovely to have you on the show. Now, you have enjoyed uh, an incredible career at the top level. Uh, Notably, it has to be said, during long format eventing. So long format eventing, listeners, I'm talking roads and tracks, steeplechase, um, back pre-2003, I think it would have been. So 2003 was the year in which the, the short format of the sport, as we now know it, which I mean, we're coming up 20 years ago. Um, we've become very, very used to it, but it is a big old shift <laughs> and a big old change. Um, and so the long format of the sport isn't something that we are as familiar with now, but it still has a place in our sport. It still has a place in eventing. Um, and I think the the biggest part of that is very much about horsemanship and learning how to kind of feel our horses and what we can do to tackle the competition from that perspective. So, Dorothy, first of all, USCA Classic Series as a whole, just give us an insight into what that offers, the levels at which it is offered. And then we're going to talk about a really exciting new initiative that's come into play. Okay, well, the classic series is uh, usually run at uh, what we call starter, which is quite small, and then uh, goes all the way through, I think you could do it all the way through modified, I think you can do it through whatever level you want. But really, uh, the, the heart of it is between beginner novice and training um, in our sport. And it is specifically to give those riders a chance to experience what was done historically back in the day and also allow them to learn from the old long format. It, it did require a level of horsemanship to be able to get your horse through one sound and happy. And so that, to me, that is, and, and just in breaking it down, it, like you said, the big difference is the endurance day. Uh, and as I said, we called it the endurance day because it was more about endurance and jumping than it was about the more technical courses you see now. And uh, so the horses you saw doing it tended to be more thoroughbreds or thoroughbred types that could gallop all day long because you, at, at the highest level, you were out there for potentially 14 minutes on course jumping fences. It's amazing, isn't it? And and actually there, you know, you would have sort of varying 20 minutes plus of roads and tracks and then, you know, four minutes steeplechase, um, which is obviously at a significantly quicker speed than cross country. Uh, again, bringing different skills to the fore. Then you go back onto the roads and tracks. Then you have your, your 10 minute box, the D box, as it was known, um, very much about sort of preparing your horses for cross country. So I guess the horse management side of things came into it. And, and I suppose 
where this next part of the conversation is going to take us is probably that that stepping stone of the fact that actually these are skills that particularly at the lower levels we haven't had to employ so much over the last 20 years because the the format of the sport has changed for for many many reasons we don't need to go into that on this show but actually the the educational piece that's been brought into the classic series has opened up a, a kind of another set of doors in kind of a bringing people um, into a community, but also giving them enormous experience, knowledge and tools to be able to take on that sort of challenge. So tell us a bit about sort of where the new idea has come from and what it entails. Well, I was lucky enough to be the clinician and our classic three days always um, employ uh, clinicians. Uh, Sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's multiple people that take the uh, riders through what they're about to experience because it is so very different from what they're used to. Uh, we want to help them get through it and understand it uh, up to and including steeplechase schooling uh, the day before cross country or the day before endurance day. Uh, we trailer them around the roads and tracks. We talk them through, you know, how to uh, time, you know, get their timing right. We talk them through what the vet box entails, you know, what they need to have in it. I mean, we 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 really try to sort of lead them through so that they have a chance to enjoy it and and are not terrified by all the different ways they can get eliminated <laughs> that they're not used to. So um, I was lucky enough to do that for about 25 years. Um, I'm still doing it. I just got back from one in Indiana um, and uh, I love it. And I what I've seen over those 25 years and the places that I've gone back to consistently the same place uh, is an overall increase in horsemanship. Uh, back in the Back in the beginning, when you would do your steeplechase school, you would just you know, clutch your pearls because uh, you would you would be a little terrified by you know this level galloping at speed at a steeplechase fence. Um, now, I it's just a fun. It's just fun when I go out there. But I will say because it is it, it is put into an existing event, which it ha- you know I understand that um, financially it kind of probably has to be for these organizers. Uh, so. Um, because it's put into an existing event, it is pretty fast. I mean, it happens, it happens that there's never enough time to really do the education that I think you could do. And so it's always been my fantasy to have a standalone competition that is really turning that competition on its head, really more about education than competition and have it be over the same five to six days that we used to do back in the day. So people come in for a full week. Um, and they do get to do all of the same things they'll do in the classic three day, but they also get uh, to see demonstrations uh, and have talks and everything with with experts, people that did it back in the day and know what they're talking about. And the point of that isn't I'm not we're not going to teach people how to be great horsemen in five days, but I believe that that horse people are horse people and they're always want to know more. They always want to know how to take care of their horse. How, what is the best way to take care of their partner while they're, while they're competing them? And so we bring in the best uh, and, and they go through all the different aspects of horsemanship and open their eyes of, to what they maybe don't already know and give them a, a venue, a, a way to get to where they would like to be as far as their horsemanship goals are concerned. When you mention you bring in the best, just give us a few of those names, because, I mean, these are people at the very, very top 
of their game in the sport? Yes. So um, we brought in, for instance, to talk about horsemanship and and uh, goal setting. Goal setting meaning uh, not just your competition goals, but your fitness goals, both for you and your horse and your your schedules with your blacksmith and your and your veterinarian. We brought in Max Cochran, who is our the U.S. team manager at uh, the World Championships in Petoni last summer. She came back home and came straight to us and and uh, gave two fantastic demos. Uh, one was the talk about horsemanship goals, and then the other one, uh, we did a live action demo for the vet box. So the people that have never done a vet box before or people that maybe need a little refresher uh, got to see a horse come in and be taken care of. And then and then we took that horse out and brought it back in. And this time it maybe had lost a shoe. And the next time, maybe when you were tacking it back up, a piece of tack broke. And so they got to actually see live action what happens with the best of the best in control of the box when these things go wrong. Because I did have one person uh, mention uh, a rider in one of the classic formats. I don't even know why you told us that we needed to have two of everything because I didn't need any of it. And I said, well, then you are blessed and lucky that you didn't <laughs> need any of it and go home and be happy. Uh, we also had um, uh, Lauren Kiefer, who was one of our USD silver medalists, uh, came back and she joined Buck Davidson. And they are the ones that gave our cross-country demo. And uh, and then we had the wonderful Peter Gray, who was one of the judges at the World Championships. And he came in and he taught everybody how to properly jog their horses at a vet check. And he also took them through um, how to ride their test, basically. Uh, so it, it was it was really fun. And the people showed up and I was worried they'd be a little, you know, like, oh, this is boring. They were engaged. I mean, we it was. I loved Kyle Carter came and did the uh, steeplechase uh, school demo. And I mean, we just, it was, it was really fun. It literally sounds like the camp of dreams, like a horsey camp of dreams. You get a competition, but you get all these amazing people giving you lots of different bits of advice and wisdom and nuggets. Um, and you're with a load camp of, of my dreams. Yeah, I was going to say it's my dream. That's what you got it exactly. I'll do. I'll do some media training, Dorothy. We'll we'll, we'll chat for the next one. Um, but it, it does sound like such a fun initiative. So where does it where does it bridge the line in terms of the sort of the fun educational aspect and the competition? Because the competition is still a real part of it. Well, so the competition is run very much like any classic three day, even though because of the things that I wanted to employ, which would make it, you couldn't do what I wanted to do if it were a, it has to be unrecognized. I'm hoping that the, that the, the committees and USCA will come in and see what we're doing and, and find some way to make it recognized. And I don't, we'll, we're going to work on that. We're just going to show what we've got and we're going to show what we're teaching. And then I'm sure that uh, we're all going to, you know, it'll come together and we'll figure out a way to make it recognized. But in the meantime, it's unrecognized because I'm doing things like everybody rides in their arena the day before their competition ride, and they do a ride a test for 20 minutes with one of their judges, because they all have two judges. And um, that obviously would not be legal. You know, that's not allowed in current. So I had Sarah Kozlumblik and the wonderful Rubens 
jump, the show jumping course that they're going to do and talk to them about it and talk to them about warm up and all that, you know, how warm up is different when you're doing uh, show jumping after cross country, especially after an endurance day and how you might want to change your warm up. And I mean, just things like that. So, um, but in the end, they are doing an actual, you know, an actual classic format, which we did get live streamed last year, which was super exciting. And uh, all of the education was live streamed as well. And um, thanks to Taylor Harris Insurance, they were kind enough to make that possible for us. In the end, they're going to go and do their dressage test and they're going to go out and do their A, which is usually about 20 minutes long. And that warms you up for steeplechase. And they've got to, you know, pull the passy out and realize they don't get to do their X, the vertical and the oxer. They just have to come out of the start box and go down to that first steeplechase bin. And then they get to go out on C, uh, which will cool them down from steeplechase and then keep them warm enough and ready to go. When they get into the vet box, they will talk to their coach and find out how the horse is running while their horse is being taken care of. The vets will look at the horse and uh, decide if it's well, you know, good enough to com- continue. And then they get to do cross country just like normal. And uh, and then the next day is show something. So. Uh, and then they all get ridden. <laughs> I love that. So how many people took part in this camp or this competition? I'm really excited to say we had 67, which Amazing. your average, yeah, your average classic is usually around, you know, 20 uh, a division. So maybe 40 to 50 um, at a horse trial. And we knew that that having it as a standalone, we might be lucky to get that many because there's not you know that the coaches aren't bringing all their students to the horse trial anyway so then they're taking part you know there are no coaches coming it's just the students and uh um i'm not saying no coaches came but you understand what i mean normally at a horse trial the coach is coming anyway so then the students come along and uh so we were super excited we had people it was based in florida and we had people that came from Michigan and Texas and Virginia, Kentucky. Um, it was it was exciting. It was fun. I hope I hope it works out that way this year too. Absolutely. So, what next in the sort of the training part of this in terms of the classic series? What what have you got coming up that somebody listening to this show might say? Do you know what? I'm I'm ready to take the next step and come and give it a go, or I'm actually ready to go and take part in a classics event. Why should they go long format? Number one, it is the most fun you'll ever have on your horse. That is so much fun. And, and it was fun at the higher levels, but it was very physically challenging. But at the lower levels, it is just, and I'm not saying that as an upper level rider going lower level. I am telling you, because I've 25 years been listening to the people coming back. It is just fun. It's so much fun. Think about it. Every time you compete your horse at a horse trial, you're lucky if you're on them all, you know, the whole competition, you might actually be on them for what, six minutes? I want to know. So if you do a five minute course, so maybe nine minutes total over two or three days, whereas at uh, an endurance day, you're on your horse competing for almost an hour. On endurance day, you're you're you and your horse together are are get doing your thing, and it's just it's just great. It's great fun, and and there it's just uh, a little bit. There's a little bit more 
I've noticed with the modern three or the modern horse trials that we do, it the camaraderie is not quite there because everybody's just so busy. And uh, so you don't get to trot past each other on roads and tracks and say, hey, how did steeplechase go? Or good luck, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, it's fun. And you will also learn more about your horse. You will learn more about how to get your horse fit, uh, how to get yourself fit, uh, proper tack, you know, just basic horse care uh, that is invaluable. Basic horsemanship, but actually from some of the very, very best in the business. It is such a cool initiative. Um, Dorothy, thank you so much. We're really looking forward to seeing where the classic series goes, but also at the next step for this part of the program as well. You bet. I hope the educational three-day catches on. It's certainly fun. Thank you for letting me talk about it. Our absolute pleasure. Amazing to hear about the the educational three-day events, the educational elements to it, because the classic series is aspirational for so many people. And our next guest on the show is actually a rider who has just had a good deal of success at her last USEA Classics event because she won the training division at Indiana Eventing Association Horse Trials at back 2nd through to the 4th of June. Anna Banks, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, look, it has been one of those series that we have talked about in a huge amount of detail over the past couple of years on the podcast. We're going to go into it in more detail on this show, Anna, but I want to I want to talk to you about your experience of the classic series because it's the traditional long format event with the roads and tracks, the steeplechase um, that we saw really, I, I think many of us grew up watching eventing in this format. So first of all, what kind of attracted you to take part in a classic series event? I've done it once before, and it was a really fun experience. It, it requires a little bit more time off, but uh, well worth it. It's just a different experience because you don't really get the warm-up jumps. You uh, you have to rely on the training that you've done at home and hope that it was enough. And thankfully, it was this time around and last time around for me. I was going to say, your first experience was pretty successful as well, because you finished on your dressage score, I think, back in 2021 and took fifth. Yeah, definitely needed some dressage polishing back then, but we've uh, (laughs) we've been working on it quite hard. So you were at the training level this year. What what level did you compete at a couple of years ago? Because I think you've moved up as well, haven't you? Yeah, I uh, competed at novice level at that point. Okay, so so talk to me a little bit about, first of all, the horse that you were riding in Indiana, because she isn't, I think it is fair to say, the most traditionally bred event horse. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, she's got a little bit of everything in her. Uh, she's Andalusian, Dutch harness, Dutch warm blood, and thoroughbred. And that thoroughbred has... Uh, Dorothy said in the vet box went a long way this weekend. I love that. So Primrose BMD, um, there. how on earth did she become an event horse? Because that wouldn't have been, I guess, originally what she was bred for. So how did she come to you and start her career? She was bred in Michigan by Donald Bates, and he bred her for his son. Uh, the son didn't seem to take quite a shining to her, and I, I actually had the uh, the pleasure to meet with the trainer or with the breeder in Ocala this past winter. Uh, and he got to see her go, which was really fun for me. Kind of a full circle moment for him. Um, but he sold the mare to 
uh, an old trainer of mine in Michigan. And when I kind of had originally inquired about her, it was for a friend of mine because she was at that point just traditional dressage and that wasn't what I was looking for. And the trainer called me up and said, you know, Anna, I think, I think you need to come sit on this one because I think she could do the jumping. Never done it. We haven't done anything, but I think she could. So, so how long uh, ago was that? Oh, I think that was four or five years ago, maybe. Um, and we actually went up in the middle of the winter in a snowstorm. It took us probably three hours longer than it should have, uh, going very slowly on the highway. <laughs> and I jumped her over a Cavaletti and a dressage saddle, and the rest was history. Amazing. So what is she like as a person at home? She is a, a very traditional mare, I will say that. Has a lot of attitude. Enough said. Sassy is what I heard <laughs> from that traditional mare. Sassy, girl yeah. power. Um, obviously, bags of talent. And, and in terms of your, your setup, you actually juggle your riding alongside work as well. I always find it so interesting kind of hearing about people's lives and how they manage to, to make it all work. So how do, how do you make it all work to juggle your competition with all of those other things that come into daily life and work and everything else? I am very fortunate that uh, where I born my horses right now, it's at my mother-in-law's farm. So I get a lot of family support on that front. Uh, my horses are living their best lives. They've got brood mare stalls right now and absolutely love where they're at. So that's one perk, but it, it, it's definitely difficult. We probably don't eat dinner until nine, nine o'clock most nights and get up early and do the work grind and go to work at the farm. So what about, I mean, the, the dedication is massively there. There'll be plenty of people listening to this that go, yep, that sounds very familiar. What about your build up to Indiana this year and how your preparation went? So I actually had been in Florida this winter, which didn't quite go to plan. Um, but thankfully, that gave me the base I needed for the fitness routine. Uh, so I was able to just kind of piggyback on that and continue improving her roads and tracks fitness and do some gallop work and trot sets. Did you do anything differently this time to when you last did a classics event a couple of years ago? Took a breath. <laughs> it's a, it's an intimidating process the first time you do it because you can do all the research you want, but until you actually go through the process, you don't really understand what it is like. So it was much more relaxed this time around. And my husband was there last time and he was there this time. And he even said it was just, we were able to take a breath. We had the support we needed. We, we knew how to prepare and just having that in our back pocket was really helpful. So what about if anybody else is listening to this thinking, do you know, what, I'd love to do a long format event. What would you say to them if they're listening to this thinking, God, it is quite intimidating. Why, why should I make that jump? What, what's the selling point for you? Why do you go back and do another? Um, even though it's a time commitment, it, every time you do it, you learn a little bit more about your horse and how they go out, what, uh, what mentally is best for them. And my mare in particular, she really thrives off of that steeplechase prep. So uh, just getting them up in front of your leg and understanding where their strengths and weaknesses lie. Uh, but I also think it's a huge horsemanship thing. You, you can talk to the vets throughout the process. You see how 
um, potential FEI processes will go, uh, the jogs. It's it's a great setup, especially if you're thinking about doing doing international stuff or FEI classes down the road. That's a really good point, actually. Um, and in terms of kind of making sure that you do everything correctly, I know Mary Fike and her organizing team unbelievably helpful but is there a real kind of sense of community around those of you kind of all being in it together as well there definitely is we have meetings and i can't tell you how many friends i made last time around and this time around from all over the country um a lot of people from minnesota come down um a couple people from florida came up this time around and i i think they try and board you together so that you can kind of meet people that are in the same boat as you and uh, I know I had a lot of support from people and I was happy to jump in where where I was needed and there was a lot of support needed this time around because we had like 90 plus degree days and it was miserably hot. Everybody pulled together. Um, Talk to me about your your weekend because you actually finished on a score of 31.8 which is the score that you scored um when you were actually fifth um a couple of years ago so you say you need to dress our lessons actually you you've kind of refined you you are more highly placed after dressage this time so you were second after dressage how pleased were you with your first phase score uh i i definitely made some mistakes just from nerves and uh my mirror's not always the easiest in atmosphere situations so it there's definitely a lot to improve on but we have come so far with several different trainers and and locally and uh across the nation but there's still a long way to go i'm i'm happy with it but there's always room for improvement and what about the cross-country day because there's a lot more to take in with a classics event in so much as having your roads and tracks, your steeplechase and another roads and tracks phase, then your kind of traditional 10 minute box and the cross country. Um, so there's a lot going on that day. How did your preparation differ to cross country day at a classics to cross country day at a normal event? Uh, I think there's way less warm up ahead of time. You kind of just walk up to the box and you start from there and that's your warm up. I did opt to do the people chase prep work with Dorothy, which I did not do last time. And that was very helpful because she got the kind of sense of what the pace needed to be. And uh, we just got a few pointers from her that really helped in the long run and helped me feel a little bit more confident going around cross country. So for anyone doing it, I definitely would recommend trying to do the steeplechase prep. And I mean, we jumped three jumps and we were done. It's not like it was a ton of jumping or a ton of work on the horse. It was one lap around. You got to prep and understand and then we called it quits. And did you walk the roads and tracks in advance or were you seeing them for the first time? Uh, we did a drive-through with Dorothy. So we, we drove the trucks all around. We did a caravan as a group, which is another reason why it's like it's so fun because that was about an hour worth of driving and chatting with people that are in your group or not in your group. And in terms of Dorothy's input, I mean, having somebody of her experience, she's ridden at the very highest level in the long format, the traditional sort of long format days. Um, having somebody of her experience 
and being able to freely ask questions and have her input, I imagine, was unbelievably helpful for you all. It definitely was. And I I definitely recommend people taking advantage of that when they do take part in something like that. And I know Dorothy was saying that she has a, a clinic in, I think, November, right around Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving, um, down in Florida to kind of understand the prep work better. I don't know all the details. It's a little far for me to go, but it sounded like a really cool opportunity. Yeah, it's a really good one. If you're thinking that it sounds like something you might be interested in, listeners, and something you'd like to explore, um, definitely one to give you a real insight into to what the classics is like. Um, okay, final day. So you've been cross-country, you've gone clear inside the time. I think I'm right in saying you're leading going into the show jumping. So what's the feeling like? I, I was second going into a uh, stadium and that is where I have my most experience because I, I used to be a hunter jumper. So that's kind of my strong suit. So for me, it's just lay down a clean round and tame the dragon because uh, she definitely went in crow hopping and did not want to settle for stadium. But we had a nice clean round and she listened. So that's all I can ask. And what was the moment like when you realised that actually, because you never like to see anybody have faults and and sort of um, move up the leaderboard that way, but also, you know, a huge, huge achievement to then take the win. So what was that feeling like when you had realised that actually you were going to be stood atop the podium? I mean, I'm happy. Um, It's always the goal to finish on your dressage score. It's, It's kind of the way I tend to move up, but it is not exactly a great feeling when somebody else has a rail and that's what causes them to not win. Uh, and Kyla's a great rider. She ended up winning the willpower award, which is for the fittest amateur. And she had won in, I believe it was novice as well. And she took second there. So definitely consistent rider. Absolutely. What about the future as to what you might aim for? With, with Primrose BMD now. Have you got an idea as to your next target? I'm doing prelim in a couple of weeks and that should be a nice move up. It's local. It's at, at um, Fox River Valley Pony Club horse trial. Um, beyond that, we're going to see how that goes. But goal would definitely be for her to do some FEI stuff going forward. She's got plenty more scope in there. She's just been a little tough to get the confidence on and I want to take it nice and slow with her talent. In terms of um, anybody else I think the first thing I would say is that actually um, Prim is probably you know a great advertisement for somebody or for a horse that wouldn't traditionally be eventing bread and actually has all of the scope all of the talent to be able to progress and I think that's something that's really inspiring to other people that actually eventers do come in all shapes and sizes. Yeah, she's been wonderful. Uh, definitely a surprise. I had originally been looking at thoroughbreds just for the the fitness aspect, but I'm really, really glad that I stumbled upon her. And she absolutely, um, I think, will will give you lots to look forward to over the coming years. And we'll look forward to that FEI debut from you both. But if anybody is listening to this thinking, I would really like to do a classics event um, or the biggest piece of advice that you could give somebody that might be planning to do one? What would it be? That's a great question. Um, 
understanding the fitness aspect and truly being prepared, um, not only for that, but also to remember everything, because I know there were some issues uh, at a couple of the other levels where people just weren't remembering where they were going. And be patient with yourself, understand that maybe that's going to be a goal for next year instead of this fall. It's, it's not something you should take lightly. Do your homework and don't be afraid to ask for help. Make sure that you, yeah. you talk to other people, whether the other competitors, the organizing team, everybody is so friendly. And it's all about kind of getting as many people involved in it as possible and actually really enjoying it. And I think that the word you touched upon a little bit earlier on, I think is one that we really, really pick up on is horsemanship. And actually, yeah. it is a great way to learn about your horse and to build your partnership and to get some great experience. So, yeah some really really valid ones in there um Anna thank you so much we've loved having you on the show and very very best of luck for what comes next thank you so much and a big thank you as well to Dorothy a little bit earlier on because great to get her insight into the new educational 3D and I think from everything that we've talked about on this show you can see the different levels of progression that are available to you whether you're just starting out in your journey or whether you're looking to step up to a USEA classics event um, there is something for everybody. So if you would like more information on the USA Classic Series schedule, then you can go to, to the website to useventing.com and find out more. All of the details are on there and you'll be able to find more information on the educational programme as well. Uh, but for now, big, big thank you for listening and we'll be back soon with more on the USA official podcast. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing. And don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.